0: This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD 4 He looks out the left field. going to be a tough play. Cheater on the run makes the play. To the back end of the grandstand in left field. The Sanchino. No, that Gary is scary. Ball game over. Yankees win. Ah! Yankees win! What is going on, guys? This is Rob Carbone coming at you with another episode of BD4. Episode 147 of the podcast tonight. Um, B4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Yes, yes, yes. Hope everybody's doing all right. You know, we're, we're keeping on, keeping on. Um, not much has really went on lately in my life. Um, <laughs> pretty boring over here. We're still trying to get into the swing of things with, um, you know, COVID and everything. We're kind of slowly continuing to slowly open up and, um, sporadically working here and there me personally, but not full time yet. Um, school starts for me in a few weeks. Actually need to figure out. I don't know if they're going to do like a full time online thing yet, or I think they're doing a couple days a week where we're going to campus. So it's, you know, it's a little hectic (laughs) right now over here, but (laughs) I hope everybody's doing good. Not really. I do. Um, now I, uh, just i just finished watching the um the the final game of the four game set where the yankees took on boston um but you know before that i was watching some of the nba you know the nba's back and um you know i got to say i was a little uh what's the word i was a little uh i guess i guess uh what's that word um skeptical of it at first You know, it was really weird to see, especially since the NBA is in the playoffs now, and it's going to be weird to see without fans in the stands and playing at neutral sites. But I must say, guys, it got off to a bang. I don't know if anybody else saw that Nuggets-Jazz game, but I put some money down on that to make it interesting. And... Oh man, talk about a hair puller, man! Something that's going to cause you to bite your nails. That was a good ass game. Um, oh, the Nuggets did win, so I got you know I won my DraftKings bet, but it was back and forth all second half, really. Um, that fourth quarter, uh, that overtime. I mean, there were nineteen lead changes, nineteen lead changes, ten ties, thirty-eight combined three pointers between the two teams. Um. There's a fly in here. I'm trying to get it out. Um, But shit, was that something or what? You know, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell going back and forth and back and forth. Mitchell had fucking 57 points by the end of this one and his team still lost, but he was destroying it. Denver couldn't stop him. You know, at one point they went to a zone defense. Um, I mean, they had no answer for Donovan Mitchell, but on the other end, Jamal Murray, him and uh, Jokic playing that two man game playing the pick-and-roll, playing the pick-and-pop game together. They got it going. They were thriving. Um, and then, you know, Murray hits a couple of clutch shots, a couple of threes, um, a big mid-range, and he ends up hitting some key baskets down the stretch along with Jokic to give the Nuggets the victory. But, I mean, it was awesome. It was action-packed, full of all kinds of shots going in. You talk about Euro steps, step-backs, up-and-unders, floaters, you know. pull. up. It, it was such a great fast paced offensive game. Now, usually I'm all for that grit grit and grind type of defensive battle, but this was one that really caught my attention again. Maybe it was because I threw some money on it, but it was fun. It was exciting. So that was fun to see game. One of the NBA playoffs kick off with a bang. Um, Also the Toronto Raptors pounded the New Jersey nuts. Um, Big win for them. So I'm glad to see that as a Knicks fan. <laughs> Not like it matters. We're still salty over here that we haven't seen the playoffs since the Woodson era. <laughs> He's back, by the way. But um, yeah, that was that was what I did before, uh, fucking catching this Boston uh, game four tonight against Boston. Um, you know they one of these was it Sunday night they had that ESPN broadcast. And I tuned into it, so I, I put on ESPN, but turns out I put on ESPN2, so they were having two versions of the broadcast, and I didn't know at the time, but the version that I tuned into was this nerds nerd version of it. It was this analytically driven you know, broadcast team out there that were just showing analytics. Um, even the ticker at the bottom of the screen, launch angle leaders, exit velocity leaders, uh, miles per hour on your fastball leaders... Uh, Hard hit percentage leaders. I was, and again, this, I thought this was just the new format ESPN was going with from now on. So I was really concerned. I'm like, are we really this fucking analytical now? We're not even going to show, bother to show the traditional statistics and the other parts of the game. But fortunately, my buddy texts me and tells me that you can watch it on ESPN. I was watching ESPN too, had no clue. Thank God, though. I mean, it was just the all-analytical team out there in that booth, and all they were talking about was Sabermetrics. Not that I hate, you know, not that I'm fully against them. I'm not the biggest fan of Sabermetrics, but it's just that I thought that was the only way we were going to get the feed on Sunday. But fortunately, it was just a, another uh, network. <laughs> but, um, no, the Yankees have been playing well. Um JD Martinez, so they were talking about this also on, uh, it might have been Saturday, where JD Martinez is apparently upset now because he's not going to get his poor iPads to look at during the game and go in the tunnel and fucking study, you know, study film of his last at bats. Ridiculous how he's making such a big deal out of this. Um, You know, David Cohn, who I don't love, brought up a good point though you know, Jeter, Bernie back then, all those great hitters. And it's not even that far back. You don't even have to go that far back. Um, But they didn't need that. They were in the dugout with their teammates, communicating with their teammates, looking at what the pitcher is doing, seeing where the ball comes out of the pitcher's hand. And they were studying the game as it was, you know, they didn't need those iPads in the tunnels and have to go and study and, you know, pretty much give yourself a school session. And J.D. Martinez is apparently upset that you can't do that now with these new COVID protocols. You can't leave and come back on the dugout or something like that. I, I think it's ridiculous. I think, you know, I hate all this new technology we have. I you know, Personally, I know I'm an old school guy, but sometimes I just feel like you just need to keep the, keep the game the way it is and stop using all this technology during the game and do whatever you want with it afterwards, right? I mean, I... I I don't know. I don't know. Now, um, speaking of technology and uh, and analytics, yes, Network is getting rough to watch because it's not even... It's David Cohn. I can't... Dude, David Cohn is hard to listen to. I mean, not only does he just go on his rambling sessions and talk and talk and talk, but as an old school pitcher who I used to love, you know, watching highlights of, Highlights, I say, because I wasn't really old enough to see him in his prime with the Yankees. But he is so sabermetrical too, and it's a little much for me. You know, it's a little much talking. To, every time some somebody brings up something, he has to bring up that same point but make it analytical. It's it's difficult to listen to him. I do like O'Neill. Um, this whole thing with O'Neill in the basement, I find that pretty amusing. Um, where the hell's Ken Singleton? I don't think I've seen him yet this season did he do the national series? And that may have been it. Maybe the Baltimore series. It's been a while. I would love to see, you know, I would love to get more Ken Singleton because he's my guy. That's my favorite one there. Um, I don't like many guys on the yes booth. I'm not big fans of of many, (laughs) but it's Singleton. It's probably him, O'Neal. And um, I do like Flaherty. I think he knows a lot. So he's boring. He sounds boring. He makes you want to fall asleep, but he does have a um, a very uh, deep knowledge of baseball. Um anyways, I, I'm rambling. Um let, let's 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 get to uh let's get to game one. We might as well just start and quickly real briefly we're gonna recap this series and then I guess we'll dive into certain players and, and um talk about the state of the team. But yeah, it, game one was good, guys. Game one was a very sharp game for the Yankees. Um it was ten to three victory where um Garrett Cole finally had his first truly dominant outing in pinstripes. Right. He's been good. He's been very solid so far with the Yankees, don't get me wrong, but I think this was the first one from inning one to his final frame out there where he was completely dominant, right? Striking out J.D. Martinez a few times. He struck out eight Red Sox hitters um, and he pitched seven innings of one-run ball, um, no walks, and just four hits. Um, now, the only one, the only run against him was just a fourth inning solo shot, um, but Hey, Listen, he picked up the victory. That was his fourth victory in his many decisions, so he's 4-0. Um, the ERA now sits at 276, so he, he's been great. Don't get me wrong. This is his first dominant outing, and I was glad to see it. Um, the bats were efficient, too. You know, 10 runs uh, versus those three for Boston, so Yankees had 14 hits. Um, they hit just under 370 that game five walks versus a modest eight strikeouts. Um, and you know, they drove in all 10 of those runs. So they were all RBIs. Um, now the scoring started in the fifth. Um, that's when they kind of started the pull away rather, you know, Mike Talkman double put it at three to one. And then Gary Sanchez hit the big home run to make it five to one. And that's really where the Yankees started to build on. Um, that's what they started to build on. I think in the seventh inning, Mike Talkman came back again with a single to drive in another run. Frazier, followed him up with a double eight to one at that time. Then in the eighth inning talking again, his third hit and fourth ribby of the game with a big double to make it 10 three. Um, now game two Yankees won with another double digit uh, run uh, run total 11 to five, took the 11 to five victory. James Paxton pitched pretty well. Now Paxton's we're going to get to him in a bit because we've got some things to talk about there, but. He pitched all right, you know, five innings, uh, didn't allow six hits, only struck out two. But in the end, just three runs came across the board. Um, And the Yankees, again, they kept hitting the homers. They kept hitting Uh, Gio Urshela, home run in the first inning, 2-0. Third inning, uh, Paxton gives up three runs. So Boston takes a brief lead for a moment. But fourth inning, the Yankees come back out there and it's Gary Sanchez starting to heat up. With a big home run to make it 4 3 Yanks. Uh, six inning comes, Clinton hits the home run, Wade doubles in a run, eight to three Yankees. Seventh inning comes, Clinton RBI single, Cardi sack fly to give the Yankees their 11th and final run. Um, so they won that game. Game three yesterday was 4 to 2, a little more of a baseball score. Um, Jay Hatt pitched well, his first truly great outing of the season. Uh, he went five and two thirds innings, did allow six runners to reach base, but Only allowed just one solo bloop and uh, struck out three. Um, Scoring wise, the Yankees did their damage early on, and you know they let the pitching take care of it from there on out. Uh, Geo Talkman and Ford all picked up singles in the first inning for driving in the uh, one run there. Second inning comes along; Hicks has an RBI double to make it two nothing. Third inning comes; Ford comes back with a big home run, a Babe Ruthian home run, Um, makes it four to one, and then uh, in the ninth inning. Zach Britton and Gary Sanchez had a little bit of struggle, um, pass ball from Gary because of course Britton lets up a run, um, but still gets it done four to two Yanks take the victory. Um, now tonight game four, um, as I'm recording, it's Monday night. Um, game four tonight was a six to two victory, right? Or six, three, maybe even six, three. Um, but, um, Montgomery pitched well, you know, he pitched three and two thirds innings only. um, because of that rain delay, obviously, but he was doing good. You know, we only allowed three hits up to that point, just one run, uh, didn't walk a batter and struck out four. You know, he probably could have kept going and gave you at least five, um, if it hadn't rained, but he, he was effective and he's been solid so far. Only one bad start in his, uh, four outings this season. Um, but the Yankees scored enough too. um, the second inning Hicks hit a double and then Voight hit a home run, made it three, nothing. um, then came the rain delay later in the fourth. But, um, you know, in the fourth inning, after the rain delay, Estrada, we come back out from break, and Estrada hits the home run. That's my guy. Got to talk about him in a bit. Makes it 4-1. to one. And then Voight, in the fifth inning, hits a homer, makes it 5-1 Yanks. And then, once again, Hicks. Hicks and Voight have big nights. Um, But Hicks tops it off in the seventh to make it 6-2 with a, uh, a big home run. And then uh, Chapman made his debut tonight, you know, his season debut after coming off the COVID list. I don't know why it took so long for them to get him back, but I guess because he's a hard thrower, they just want to make sure. He struggled a bit, was a little rusty, but, you know, still threw hard. His normal 99, 98. Um, and he, you know, other than allowing a run and triple and a double, he got the job done. And uh, it wasn't a save situation, but it was, uh, it was enough to – I guess to give him credit, but he did good. So that was that. You know, it was a good series, guys. The Yankees swept Boston. They, I think, that was their tenth victory in a row against the Red Sox, um, and their six in a row on the season. Um, but it was a big series. You know, a lot of guys chipped in. Um, good to see Clint Frazier getting everyday time. I don't think he's sat yet since he's um, gotten called up. Knock on wood, but. <laughs> You know, he's been getting extra base hits. He's been driving in runs. You know, he's that spark plug I think the Yankees needed because they were in a little bit of a rut um, right before he got called up. You know, he comes up and they start producing runs more. You know, I think he has a lot to do with that. The guy's hitting 444. The on base, uh, I'm sorry, the OPS is like 1500 just below that right now. And he's got eight RBIs in just four games or something. So he's, you know, that's where I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be this power bat who is just going to be a professional run producer, right? In a full season, I say it all the time, guys, I see Clint Frazier giving a team 30 to 35 home runs, 100 plus RBIs. That's the kind of hitter I think he is. He'll sit around 260, wherever he'll get on base enough, but he will produce runs. He will bring you power. And, you know, I love that spark he brings. He's athletic. Um, doesn't look terrible in the field yet. So that, that's also a plus knock on wood, but, um, Clint looked great. You know, Gary Sanchez starting to heat up. Maybe he's now reached base in five consecutive games. Um, so that's fucking good. You know, I think he had three games in a row at the home run dating back to the end of the Boston series. I'm sorry, the Atlanta series, three games in a row at a Homer, um, but, you know, tonight he got on a couple times with walks. Um, so maybe he's starting to heat up. That would be big, you know, for him to catch one of his hot streaks because, you know, we know how much of a hot and cold hitter Gary Sanchez is, right? He's going to slump for a few weeks, a week or whatever, and then he'll get hot for some time as well. And that's who he is. That's who I've come to accept him as, you know, this guy who's just going to be a, your prototypical power hitting catcher. It is what it is at this point. Um, Glaber and Miggy, you know, these two guys, listen, it's difficult because they had these big, big starts to their careers, right? Glaber Torres obviously has two years of success, but, um, both of them together. Remember they came up in 2017, absolutely mashed the baseball together, you know, back to back in the same, uh, they hit successively in the lineup, um, and they were just, you know, they set a high expectation because of that season they both had together. And, you know, this season, they're both off to a slow start. Um, Torres is kind of a mess right now, uh, everywhere. He's had some indicators at the plate of late, getting on base more lately, um, singling a lot, going the opposite field more, walking some more. So he's maybe starting to, you know, get lukewarm at the plate. But, you know, especially tonight, it's been in the field where... And he did have that 4 for 4 game the other night. But it's been in the field, you know, the errors. It's been the base running mistakes. It's just been the fundamentals and the overall focus right now where Gleber Torres just doesn't look like he's there. You know, he, he has six errors and had already two of them tonight um, in game four of the series. And made a base running mistake getting picked off at first base tonight. He's very... Here's the thing with Torres, like he's obviously obviously he's got immense talent, right? He's a very fucking talented player, um, but I think right now and so far in his career, he's getting by just on that raw talent. He still has a very low IQ. You know, he needs that side of it. You know, baseball is what was it Yogi Berra who said it's it's um ninety percent mental. He needs to um Glaber needs to start using their brains more and focus in more. Because I think that has a lot to do with why he struggles at times. He's got the talent. There's no doubt about it. He's got the talent to be that superstar. And he's been a rising star so far in his career. But sometimes at the plate, he'll lose focus. He'll think of those 38 home runs he just hit and try to pull it 500 feet. Or sometimes in the field, he'll you know, lose focus when he's tracking down an easy, routine ground ball. Or now it's becoming... Hopefully, it's not going to become an issue with the throwing throwing errors we're seeing more of. But I think right now, he just needs to tone it down and use the, use the brain more, Torres. Um, as for Miggy, he's, so far, he's been pretty awful. You know, he's not looking great in left field. Misplayed a ball tonight. Um, doesn't really look sharp out there. Still learning the position. At the plate, still kind of horse shit, let's be real. Um, one hit in. I don't know, 18 at bats, but it's early. He's getting sporadic time, so it's hard to find a rhythm when you're only playing so much. Um, so he still needs more time. I think I, I would I would continue to plug him in there every day, though. Again, I I don't like how they're just gonna put him in here and then take him out. If Miggy's gonna play, I would play him. He's an everyday hitter. Like Frazier, I think Andahar should be somebody who plays every day. Um, now there's a left-hander on the mound tomorrow, so I think that's a great opportunity to continue to put both Frazier and Andar in that lineup because um, we've got Blake Snell in Tampa. But so hopefully Miggy, hopefully fucking Torres, both of them, one of them at least, can start getting hot soon because um, you know everybody's thinking of when they were killing it back to back in the order in 2017. Um, injury updates here. You know, DJ LeMayu, obviously the big one. Um, a couple of games ago, left early, um, you know, with a sprained thumb, we find out he's going to miss, I'd say, three weeks. Um, the Yankees are saying two to three weeks, but I'm going to hit the over on that because it's the Yankees and we know how cautious they like to be. Um, at least three weeks, I'll say. Uh, so he's going to miss significant time, and that fucking sucks. In a 60-game season, it sucks. Um you know, it's a big loss because he's obviously the guy that provides that balance in this lineup. Um, he's a contact hitter in a very power-heavy, strikeout-prone lineup, right? He's the guy that brings that balance. The guy that will slap the ball to right field for that single. That will settle for that. You know, he's the guy that brings that um, that balance. You know, the Yankees really need. Without him, they're, they're they've got no shot in October. That's how important he is you know, because they're so home run boomer bust that without somebody like him at the top of that order being that catalyst, they are absolutely screwed. So they need him back. My hope is, you know, three weeks sucks, but if he can be back in time to, you know, get some, get a decent amount of games under his belt before October, that would be the ideal situation here. Get him ready. So where he's not just going into October cold, Yeah, he needs to be back in times where he's played a healthy amount of games. And hopefully it is just this two, three-week period. I'm hoping he's back ASAP and stays healthy for the remainder. So, sucks to lose him for a bit. But, obviously, we're going to continue with this whole next man up (laughs) shtick. But, you know, in terms of the good news with with these injuries, um, obviously we've got Chapman who came back tonight. But Aaron Judge, you know, he's uh, coming back on Saturday, I think. Um, the Yankees say Saturday, so that would be big. You know, he was obviously their you know, run producer out there, hitting home runs every night, um, driving in runs, 20 RBIs in, like, 17 games and already nine home runs, probably would be right up up there with Trout and uh, Tatis Jr. right now had he not gotten hurt. Um, I think they both have 10, so he definitely would have been at least at that mark. Um, but, yeah, it, it, he's coming back, so that's good news. <clears throat> As for Giancarlo. You know, they were showing his press conference today. First time he's spoken publicly since, publicly, since his injury. <clears throat> excuse me. Guy's just a fucking straight-up thief. Straight-up loser. Stealing money from the organization. Don't want to waste too much time on him. Guy's a fucking bum. I don't care what you feel about him. <laughs> he's, listen, he, since he's came here, he's done nothing but steal money. All right. And the one season where he did stay healthy, he choked in the playoffs. So I don't want to hear shit. Um not a big stand guy as you can tell um but hey again the guys are stepping up <clears throat> my voice um <clears throat> guys are stepping up Talkman he's been fucking sharp three hits on friday four ribbies on friday got on base two more times on saturday yesterday sunday gets two more hits you know he's hitting 357 his ops you know a few ticks below 900 i mean pulling guys out the ass here fellas. Pulling guys out the ass. Um, Gio Urshela. He picked up a hit in all three games he played this series. Home run in the first game. You know, he's remaining strong on both ends, just like Talkman. Estrada comes in and hits a fucking home run tonight. You know, they call him up. Boom. He makes an impact right away. I would love to see this guy get more time. Cairo. He's one of the Yankees I really like. Um, Now, I'm not sure how I don't know why they they love playing Tyler Wade over somebody like Estrada so much because Estrada, unlike Wade, is actually produced consistently whenever he gets his time, his at-bats. He's a good player. He can play defense. Sure, he doesn't run fast like like Wade does, but he hits the ball. He makes contact. He can spray it around the, the outfield. You know, He reminds me, I say it all the time, every time I bring up, Estrada, I say this, but he does remind me of a Starlin Castro, Ronald Torres type of player. Aggressive, makes contact, sprays it around, keeps the line moving, plays a little defense, has a little bit of power. You know, that, that's, that's, those are the vibes I get when I watch Estrada play. This is probably somebody who could start on a few teams too. You know, if you weren't with the Yankees, he'd probably be starting for some, you know, mediocre teams um, at shortstop, at second base, wherever. He's somebody who can play all around the infield and actually plays a little outfield. So I would like to see him get some more at bats. That would be awesome. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much it guys. The Yankees had a good series, right? They swept Boston. Um, So, so far it's been so great. Bats are hitting. The arms are starting to pick it up a little bit. We're getting James Paxton. A couple of good outings in a row. Jay Happ. He looked sharp. Montgomery's been consistent this season. Tanaka has looked good. He's pitching tomorrow. Um, and again, my expectations here, as far as the regular season goes, are, are you know, I expect this team to have somewhere around 40 wins and I expect them to win the division. So that's not what I'm worried about. You know, the, the things that concern me are the things that should be concerning you. And, you know, it's the injuries you know, you don't want that to catch up to them. You don't want something bad to happen to DJ or Judge and them to go down or Garrett Cole. On the other end, I think those three guys this team really fucking needs um, in the long run. You know, and I, I think um, also to succeed in October, you need these bats to make more contact. So that's why LeMayu is important. Um, and, you know, on the other end, you need this rotation outside of Garrett Cole. Um, to step it up um, in the long run too. You know, who's going to be that ace, that second, that one, a type of guy, Tanaka usually steps it up in the postseason. Great. But you know, between Montgomery, between him, Paxton and Hap going to have to have another guy kind of, you know, be consistent. And I think Montgomery could be that guy, Paxton, the lack of velocity still, that's concerning me. And I'm thinking I'm smelling a DL stint soon. I'm smelling something. Um, but if he doesn't get that velo back, you know, I don't see him being that one A. Definitely don't. <laughs> so, you know, I think Montgomery could be that swing factor in this rotation. You know, him or Paxton. You know, I think one of them it would be huge to get a big year out of. You know, so look for that. Um, and that that's pretty much it. But we're gonna head to break. We forgot to go to break. Um, we're gonna head to our uh, quick little uh, commercial break, and we'll be right back. All right. Hey guys, really quick I just want to remind you that if you go to my website at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com you can find me on social media you can find the links to my podcast and my blog so that's all you gotta do just go to my website go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com and there will be a page that displays all of my information. All right, guys, thank you. Let's get back to the show. All right, Um. yeah, I mean, I think we've covered pretty much most of it tonight. I mean, uh, good series, guys. I'm going to go see what time we got. 43. I don't think there's any more basketball games on, but eh, fuck it. Let's check. You know, it's been off to a good start. No, that was a fucking hell of a game. Hell of a fucking game from Denver. And, uh, Oh, the Clippers did win. See, I was going to throw money on the Clippers. I was going to, but I just had a feeling, I don't know. Clippers picked up a victory. Oh, fuck. Okay. Toronto, yeah, Toronto beat the shit out of um out of Brooklyn, which was huge. Boston ended up beating Philadelphia. See, all these teams won who I were going to I was going to pick every one of them. I could have won some big big cash on this. Oh man. Only game I bet was that Denver game. But all the teams that I picked to win in my head won. God, I hate that. Damn. Oh man. Okay. Yeah, it's it's off to a good start. But um let's see what's going on in baseball. Oh shit. Dodgers and Mariners are going to eleven and nine the eighth. Athletics and the D back. See the athletics. I don't know if you guys listened to episode one forty six. But I was saying the athletics are that team who I'm picking this year to win it all. Um I think that's that's the, the sleeper team in the American league. Um I think the Dodgers will make it again, but I think it's going to be the Athletics who take it home. I feel like this is the kind of season where they'll just take it. You know, it'll be the Athletics who win. They're hot right now. <coughs> Excuse me, they're hot right now. Um maybe maybe I'm just completely out of <laughs> out of it right here, but that's my sleeper pick. I'm going with Oakland. They've been hot all year. I still believe they have the best record in baseball, um, unless that's changed. It's so funny how the Orioles are actually good this season. I'm telling you, 60 games, you never know what can happen. You get a team that catches a hot streak and a small window like that, you'll be able to sustain that. Hmm. Nationals are struggling. See, things happen. Wow. All right, well, uh let's get to the uh, nyk question of the day. Um, and then we'll we'll uh, and yeah, we'll head out. All right. All right, so, sorry, Fix that here. All right, so uh, last time out in episode 146, I asked you, um, how many championships did Yogi Berra win as a player? And the answer to that question was uh, 10. He won 10 championships as a player. That's fucking crazy. Uh, but tonight's NYY, NYK question of the day, um, I'm asking you here to name one, name at least one of the three Yankees to ever toss a perfect game. All right. So once again, name one of three Yankees to ever toss a perfect game. So message me or comment on, um, the post. Once I publish this podcast episode, um, it'll be up on Instagram. It'll be up on Facebook, not really using Twitter anymore. Taking a break from Twitter rather. I'll be, maybe I'll be back someday, but I don't like going on that app. Um, I'll be back. I'll be on Facebook though. I'll be on uh, Instagram I'm on Instagram mostly so you can reach me there you can reach me on Facebook though I'll definitely get the notification um and guys thank you so much for tuning in so that is it that's all we've got here for episode 147 of the podcast of BD4 where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis guys thank you so much for tuning in and um I'll catch you next time all right ciao This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.